Before we get into this juicy, juicy episode of Below the Belt, a few housekeeping notes for you kids. Uh, December 22nd, I will be at the Hollywood Improv, Los Angeles, California. One night only, one show only. It's Shab and Friends, me and some of my funny-ass friends. You guys know who my friends are. It's going to be a great show. December 22nd, it's one night only at the Hollywood Improv off Melrose in LA, December 22nd. And I'm closing the year out on stage, Dania, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, December 30th through January 1st. So bring in the new year, 2022, with your thick friend here. And the crew will be there, man. That's Dania, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, December 30th through January 1st. And then Raleigh, North Carolina, January 6th through January 8th. That bitch is almost sold out. So get your tickets right now. I've never been there. And then uh, back in North Carolina, end of January, Charlotte, North Carolina, January 20th through the 21st. Get your tickets at FATKZ.com. Tell you what, one thing that I love is ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Because listen, if you're using your regular you know, stuff to, to surf the web or for Netflix, you're not getting all that they offer, man, because they do it by country. So there's some dope stuff you're not seeing out there, man. There's some really cool stuff. We're talking about anime, Japanese, watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix, but they're not recommending all that, man. But also, it not only does it work on Netflix, it works on Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube. I love it on YouTube because usually YouTube gets in the algorithm, recommend you the same stuff over and over. If you use ExpressVPN, you're getting stuff you didn't even know was out there, man. You can stream it in HD, no problem, no buffering or lag. It works on all your devices, phones, laptops, smart TVs, and so much more, all right? Not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely, and nobody knows. Go to expressvpn.com slash shop to get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn for free. Expressvpn.com slash shop. Traded for ball for some fat gear, then got punched right in the face. Woke up with a baby, puke all over the place. But I keep the ground with TYK. This is the best I've ever felt. Started doing stand up, there's a new hand I've been dealt. So right before this makeup on my face begins to melt, it's time to go below the belt. Let's hit it, Chen. What is up, Thickies? It is Monday morning, December 13th. Lovely, chilly, chilly. Los Angeles morning, kids. Here we are, man. Coming uh, fresh off a big-ass UFC. What a way for the UFC to close out the year, man. UFC 269 delivered in every single facet. We did a Calabasas fight companion with uh, Rob Derdick. I thought Rob fit right in. I thought Rob was fantastic. Rob's such a good dude, man. He's such a good person. I mean, those fight companions, that's why I do it, man. It's just hanging out with your boys. Just hang out with your boys, and it's a reason for four dads to get together and have some drinks and watch some fights. We have another one this weekend. We have one this weekend, and uh, different crew. We're doing uh, Jake Paul Woodley 2, which we will get into uh, as this show uh, goes on, but we are doing a Calabas fight campaign for Jake Paul and uh, Woodley Part 2. That is this Saturday and I think, what time are we starting, Casey? Seven? Yes, sir. And we will start at 7 p.m. Pacific only on Thick Boy YouTube. Different crew. This time we have Bruce Buffer. We have Josh Thompson and Bradley Martin and my thick self. 
So different crew this time around for Woodley and Jake Paul too. Looking forward to that. That's actually an intriguing fight. Now we're getting closer. I can't wait for that fight. Uh, but before we get into everything, um, I have an announcement for everybody. I think everybody in this room knows. Everybody on the East Coast knows as far as Showtime goes. But it is official. I've decided to leave Showtime. And uh, it starts. It's official January 1st. And this isn't like some crazy breaking news for the the guys listening back on the East Coast right now for Showtime or for Espinosa or Brian Daly. I talked to Brian Daly this morning. Uh, this was a decision I made months ago. You know, I, I think a lot of time when people leave, you know, certain jobs and stuff like that, there's a sense of sadness. And that is not the case here. This is a case of... You know, I've been with Showtime for five years, and what we've done, we've built some some cool stuff, man. And it's nothing but great memories. And this all started, this is how crazy life is, man. This all started when Conor McGregor uh, decided to fight Floyd Mayweather, and they needed a, a MMA guy to argue that, Flo- that Conor McGregor had a chance against Floyd. And a mutual friend of uh, ours, of Brian Daly and mine, goes, Oh, you know who would be great as that? Brendan Schaub. And so I had no relationship with Showtime before that, man. And we started talking. And then next thing you know, it was between me, I think five other guys, and your boy got the gig. And I ran with it, man. And then when that got done, I had this weird chemistry with the staff, with Brian Daly, who's kind of the head of digital over there. And I'll never forget this. It's after the fight, after uh, Connor lost to Floyd, and we're at, we're at a sushi spot in the MGM and we're all set. They're all celebrating. And Brian Daly goes, so what's next, man? What's next? And I thought, well, I figured you'd ask that. And I had a plan of what's next. And that's when I pitched him on below the belt, uh, TV show. And that's when, um, that kind of took off, man. That's when, you know, we did the, the below the belt TV show, which was in downtown. I had my own, you know, TV show, man, which was insane. You know, you're going sound stages and all this the sets and all this crazy shit man and that that was a wild ride and what, what's crazy about all the stuff we've done the tv show and then what came from the tv show and the food truck diaries and all this stuff is you know you realize what what you want to do you know and for me learning at that pace and having my own network now realizing what i want to do what works for me what doesn't work for me and it was all, you know, Brian Daly, hats off to him, man. He just allowed me to just do what I wanted to do, man. I think a lot of time guys, when they work, you know, because Showtime is owned by CBS and Viacom, stuff like that. I think there tends to be this assumption that they limit you or they suppress you or they clip your wings. That is not the case there, man. They, they, don't, they don't really edit me. That's just not the case here at all. I have nothing but good things to say about Showtime. And as I, t- I talked to Brian Day this morning, told him I was going to make the announcement today. Um, this isn't goodbye. This is, I'll see you later, man. I'm going to do my thing. They're doing their thing. They're doing great. You know, they have all the smoke and, you know, uh, morning combat with Luke Thomas. And, you know, they just won an MMA award. Like, they're crushing it, man. Those guys are crushing it. And, uh, you know, I love Luke like a brother, and he knows he can call me anytime he needs anything, man. Anything they can call me, and Daly knows that. And um, I just can't say enough nice things about Showtime. And to let a knucklehead like me run amok 
and do all these crazy things that I've wanted to do. I can't thank you guys enough. And uh, it's just time for me to do, I do so much stuff to do it exactly the way I want to do it. And I have the means to do it now. And, you know, I put everything, everything I do, you know, from stand up, doing the, the road to all the podcasts I do and this network I do, I've taken every kind of, savings i've had i've invested into thick boy studios and i've hired a staff and i have the exact team i need to flourish and i hired monsters who have the same work ethic as i do and now you know obviously chin's with me and chin's been my ride or die since day one and chin has a bigger role now and every vision i have i can pull off now and it's on me i'll always bank on myself man and that's what we're doing and uh I'm just so excited, man. And like I said, this isn't a negative thing. This isn't a bad thing at all. And I love the guys at Showtime, and I'll I'll st be, still be involved in some capacity. But um, as far as Below the Belt and Food Truck Diaries, um, Below the Belt will change to the Shop Show, and that will be on uh, Thick Boy only. And then Food Truck Diaries will also come over to Thick Boy, so we're still doing Food Truck. Also, we're still doing Calbass Fight Companion. I'm adding a bunch of other stuff. I'm also taking every, name all the shows I do. I do too many shows, but all the shows I do, all the shows I'm involved in, I'm taking all of it. I'm still going to be on the same platforms, you know, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. None of that changes. We're actually adding shows to that. Adding shows to Thick Boy, the vlogs, all the other things we have coming up. I'm so excited to announce all that. We have so many shows adding to Thick Boy. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm taking everything going over to Supercast, uh, which is a subscription thing where everything I do, you'll be able to get and more ad free. Uh, you don't have to worry about ads, any of that stuff. And there's a bunch of bonus content there, but that all start in January. Nothing changes around a bunch more. Everything will be under thick boy. And uh, that's it, man. And I can't thank Brian Daly and the team at Showtime enough for, for taking a chance on a, on a meathead like me, man. And uh, I'm just proud of what they've built, and I'm proud of Luke Thomas, and they won their freaking MMA award. You guys are killing it, man, and I'm here. Like I said, this isn't goodbye. This is see you later, man. I'll see you later, and Brian, I love you, and uh, everybody back at Showtime working not only here with Malka in the Santa Monica office, but everyone in New York and Espinosa for I don't know how many times that guy stuck up for me, and Nevins uh, just always having my back, and just everybody at Showtime and, you know, on the East Coast, we didn't see each other enough because I'm a West Coast baby. So um, I appreciate you guys, man. I know a lot of work goes into it. You know, I, I, you guys won't have to hear from me anymore. You know, if the show comes out late or if a graphic is off or uh, if something wasn't done right, that goes on somebody else. And that's the way it should be. So um, I love you guys, man, and all the work you put in. Hopefully you learned something from me because I definitely learned from you guys. And I'm excited to see what you guys do next. And if you ever need anything, you guys have my number. And uh, make sure you like, subscribe to Thick Boy. And uh, I love you guys, man. But this isn't the last show on here. I think December 31st, my, my last official day was Showtime. And again, for the fans out there, this isn't um, something they weren't aware of, anything like that. This, this happened months ago. And I, I think some of you... Hardcore fans out there figured it out when uh, I launched my own Thick Boy kind of YouTube and the direction I was going with things and stuff like that. But um, 
it's just time, man. I, I feel ready and uh, I'm banking on myself and I got a hell of a team behind me, man. I got a hell of a team and that's been the, the key to my success um, with anything. I have some brilliant, brilliant people behind me and um, Brian Daly is one of the most brilliant men I've ever met and he's going to go on and do big things, man. I'm excited for him and Lewis uh, with Malka, both close, close friends, man. So thank you guys so much, man, for, for taking a chance on me. And I love you guys. And uh, I'll be around, man. This isn't goodbye. It's just, I'll see you later. I'm in Calabasas. So that's it, man. So it's official. Um, I'm leaving Showtime end of this year. And everything will be under Thick Boy. And we have some some big, big announcements happening there. But Food Truck, The Shop Show, everything you see will all be on Thick Boy. Still doing Food Truck. This show, you don't have to worry about the audio. The RSS feed stays the same, but the video will come over to Thick Boy officially. It's called The Shop Show. We're redoing the set, everything. And um, we got some fun surprises for you guys, man. So it's, it's going to be a big year. 2022 is going to be a big year for your boy. So wrap all this up. Showtime. I love you guys. And I'll never forget what you guys did for me. And uh, I'm excited for you guys next year. And Brian Daly, I love you so much, man. And thank you for taking a chance on your boy here, man. All right. Now let's get to the fights. Some great fights, man. You had some great freaking fights. What a way to close out the year for the UFC. Biggest year in company history, I think, pay-per-view-wise. They're killing it, man. And I love to see it. I love to see it. You know, we did a Cowboys fight campaign with uh, Rob Derrick. Rob's actually, I think a lot of you guys were surprised. You didn't realize how big of a UFC fan Rob is. I knew that, but I think some of the fans like, oh, he's just the, you know, the skateboarder funny guy from Dickusness. He's a big fan, man. He knows his shit. Um, he's, he's trying to bet Brian a lot of money and Brian probably should have took that bet. Yeah, it was a fun dynamic, man. You know, that show, you know, you're drinking, having fun, stuff like that. Um, so I always have to watch the fights on Sunday just to go over everything. All I can see is Chris's net tech. Yeah, they're there. The boys, man. The boys. Chris, the funniest fucking guy on the planet. No one makes me laugh harder, man. But, uh, yeah, the fights were, um, I'd say it's a surprising night, right? Oh, yeah. Surprising night. I think I'll just get the main card, and I'll go back to the prelims because there's some definitely key points on there. But, you know, to kick off with surprises, you know, I think Sean O'Malley finishing Pavia the way he did that fast I think it lets you know that Sean O'Malley's ready for the big time. You know, obviously, I won't say it, but obviously the knock on Sean O'Malley is, oh, he's not fighting anybody. Well, the, the guy's fighting the, the guys he should be fighting at the, the rate he's getting paid and at the experience that he's at. For him to f fuck up a guy pretty easily, pretty, you know, shutout win, KO victory, uh, a guy who's 20-3 and three with three win streak in the UFC, there's no punk, man. So I think for Sean, Malley, uh, Sean O'Malley, I think Dan White said in the press conference, he goes, it's time we pay Sean O'Malley and starts fighting real guys. So be careful what you ask for, but I think he's ready, man. I think Sean O'Malley's such a talent. Again, I said this on Companion. I've said on here a million times. Nothing is better than the rise of a guy, man. Nothing is uh, better than the come up of a guy. Because once they get there, you know, it's, it's a different animal. We'll get to that. But I think that was... Kind of surprising for me because I, I went, you know, going in this fight, I went, you know, Pavia's no punk, man. This, this is going to be a tough fight for Sean O'Malley. I think he's going to win, but I was thinking decision, maybe late KO, but 
uh, it was surprising to me the way he handled that dude. And I think it uh, puts everybody on notice, you know, and then another surprise for me, I know a lot of people had France beating Cody Garbrandt. Obviously my bias towards Cody, Cody Garbrandt, cause I like him. He's a, he's a, he's a buddy of mine. Him cutting to 25, I thought was a, a good, good idea. A good idea for him. I, I don't think the cut was that tough. And, he told me the cut wasn't that tough. He told me he felt great. You know, anytime a guy takes a chance like that, it, it you know, there can be some some issues, man. And it, it's it's tough to break Cody down, right? He's a friend. It's tough to break Cody down. But if I separate myself from loving this guy, he's lost five of his last six. There's been some knockouts there. He's at the toughest crossroads in his life because for him, you think – you're getting a new lease on life. You, you, you're going to re-energize everything going on in your life. And, you know, you cut down to 125 and this can be the answer. And you get away from that negativity at 135 and then you get knocked out. I, I can only imagine how he feels right now. And, and, and I, I can only imagine, man. I, I wish they would have given him a different opponent, you know, than, than France at flyweight uh, just to feel it out. But it is what it is. This is the game we play, man. And France is an absolute fucking monster. He did what he had to do. For Cody, I, I don't I don't know. I don't have an answer for you guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. You lose five out of six. If he wasn't my friend, what would I say? I think he could f go back to 135 and fight Sean O'Malley because that's a fight that both him and Sean would take at this point. If Sean wants to get paid, I think they need to redo his contract and to fight a guy like Cody Garbrandt, they would pay him. And that's a that's a big name fight for Cody, especially losing five out of six. I think before, if Cody would have won, that fight didn't make too much sense for him. But now where he's at in his career, fighting a young rainbow lion in Sean O'Malley makes a lot more sense now. I think this is the time they could get it done. But that's going to be a, a, a ways away because Cody's going to be out for a little bit after that knockout. But the possibility of that fight could happen now. I just, if you're Cody, what do you want, man? You know, what do you want to do? You know, because he has that fight in him, but losing five out of six, it, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I, I do think there's a Sean O'Malley fight at 135, and if he were to lose that, it'd, it'd, it'd probably be time to hang him up. Probably be time to hang him up. My boy, the Texas Roadhouse legend, Neil, got the, got the split decision. I always root for that guy. You were at Texas Roadhouse. You're all right with me, my man. That was a good fight, split decision. Uh, we paid no attention to that fight, and I apologize to both those fighters on the fight companion. And now we get to the main event and co-main event. And um, I think Amanda Nunes losing and Dusty, Dustin Poirier losing, there's, a, there's a, a similarity between both of them. Hear me out on this, kids. I think both of them lost due to the same reasons. And I think it's due to success. And I think it's due to not doing what got him to the dance. And I think, especially in the UFC, mixed martial arts in general, fighting in general, combat sports, once you get enough money and success, it's you got to be the complete outlier to continue to do what got you to the dance. And I think for Amanda Nunes, you know, uh, Julian Pena talked a little about this. She was in, in the gym a lot. You know, she had a kid. Um, you know, she's beat everybody and their mom. She's, she's by far the greatest of all time. And it, it didn't look like the the Amanda Nunes we've 
seen the dominant Amanda Nunez in there on Saturday night. And I uh, contribute that to life. Successful. There's been talk retirement. You've had a kid. You have a wife now. You got a house. You got all the riches. It takes a special, special kind of person to do it at, for longevity and, and maintain that same dog work ethic. Because most people get involved with fighting because they have no other options. And it's a, it's a hungry man or woman's game. And if that hunger, that, that, that starvation to be the best just falters a little bit at the top of the level, at the top of the UFC, you're going to get beat. I think it happened with both, both, both parties there. Dustin Poirier and Manny Nunes. I think for Dustin Poirier, I picked Dustin Poirier to win. Uh, I think if they fight nine out of ten times, that it's a different result. And that's not taking anything away from Charles Oliveira. I think Dustin's coming off the high of the Conor McGregor fights, you know, knocking Conor McGregor out and beating him twice, getting the most payday he's ever got. And I, I don't think that he didn't train hard for the fight. I just don't think the same hunger is there. I don't. And I don't think for Manunez the same hunger was there. For Julian Pena, the hunger, she had all the hunger. For Charles Oliveira, there's all the hunger. You look where Charles came from, and even though you know he became interim champ, his life really didn't change financially. He's fucking starving, man. Julian Pena's starving, and they want what Dustin Poirier and Nunes had, and they went out and got it. And I think that is the similarities with the main event and co-main event. And you look at the, the history of the UFC or even boxing, even other sports, but we'll start with the UFC. You look at champs who became so dominant and the it, it's very rare that they continue to dominate. A lot of them will dominate, but they change their fighting style. GSP, right? GSP, dominant, never really lost. Changes fighting style, a little more safer just to get, keep the belt, but changes fighting style. He Remember, his nickname was The Rush, dude. The Rush, because he used to fucking get people out so fast. But as success came, he changed his fighting style, but still dominant and still all the riches in the world, but his fighting style changed, wasn't exciting, still beat guys, still outclassed guys, but he changed. Once he got to a certain level and money wasn't an issue uh, and it was about legacy, he changed his fighting style, but still dominant. You look at a guy like uh, you know Conor McGregor, for instance, the richest combat sports athlete of all time. You're telling me Conor has the same hunger he has the exact same hunger that he had when we watched him fight some of the guys like Eddie Alvarez or you know some of these other you know Jose Aldo. You, you, you guys can tell it's a, it's a different. It's different. It's not bad. It's different. I think some of that hunger's come back from Connor now with with it, with his leg and stuff like that. But to to wake up and do the road work and the diet when you're sleeping in Gucci, you know, pajamas and you're on a yacht and, you know, and, you, and, you're, and everyone's good. You're talking kind of as generational wealth, man. His kids do what the fuck they, his kids, 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 they're set, dude. And fighting is a game where that's not the best recipe for success to maintain, you know, that sharp edge, that, that chip on your shoulder, that that kind of hatred for the game that drives you to, for, for greatness. There's an outlier with all these people though. 
GSP to me was isn't an outlier because he changed his game and fought safe. Still maintained his crown, but he fought safe. He's an outlier. Out of all these guys, think about all the successful champions in the UFC who reigned for a long time. I'm talking a long time, not just two or three. I'm talking about a long time. The outlier in all this is John Jones. There's not enough money or fame in the world that will fill whatever dark hole he has in his heart. That dude is a freaking savage. Now, he might not train the same, but still beats the guys. He's, still, he's so talented, he still beats them. There's something that fuels John that's different than every other fighter in the UFC. Let's take a little break, all right? Your boy's ranting and raving about this past UFC 269. But listen, maybe you forgot something at the store. Maybe you're a snacker like me. I, I never watch any shows or sporting events without drinks. I need my drinks. Or maybe you forgot to brush your teeth because you're all out of toothpaste. What do you need? Dinner? Check. Deodorant? Check. A morning pick-me-up with coffee? Check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with my friends at DoorDash. You want Chinese, pizza, Froyo. There's some for everyone at DoorDash, man. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door, all right? Now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash too. Get drinks, snackies, other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering, super easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want from where you want it. We'll be left outside your door. All right, we got you covered. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, you can support your local go-tos or uh, the chain restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, Cheesecake Factory. For limited time, the Below Belt listeners and viewers get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BTB. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BTB. Don't forget, that's code BTB for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. If you've watched or listened to any show I've ever done, I rant and rave about CBD. My whole family uses it. The kiddos, I got a five and two-year-old, my girl, I use it every single day, man. My kid had a real issue with seizures, and the only thing that cured him was CBD. Since then, I can't recommend CBD enough, man. It changed my family's life. It changed my life. But if you're going to go down the CBD route, man, you need to trust what you're putting in your body, and that's where Feels comes in, all right? Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is premium CBD that will help keep your head clear and you feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door, all right? CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleepiness, all right? There's no hangover or addiction. A few drops on your tongue, you're ready to go, man. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience, so you know what to do, man. Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best out of your CBD, all right? Join the Feels monthly membership. They make self-care super easy. You save money on every order, and you can pause and cancel anytime you want. Start feeling better with Feels. That's Feels, F-E-A-L-S. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash BTB. You'll get 50% off your first order of free shipping. That's Feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash BTB to become a member and get 50% off automatically off your first order of free shipping feels.com slash btb there's something that you look at john in his training videos now moving to heavyweight and you can see the hunger john's fine financially john doesn't need to do this he can ride off in the sunset but now he's chasing that heavyweight title 
He's chasing Cyril Ghosn and Francis Ngano, and he see how big he is and the dedication to the weight room. And, of course, all this side stuff, the chaos, the trouble with the law, all that stuff. There's just something about John that makes him an absolute fucking demon. There's not enough money in the world to fill whatever void he has in his heart to get him to calm down. And you have the grace of all time. You have the grace of all time there. So I think with Dustin and Amanda Nunes, especially with Amanda, I think you guys could tell when you're watching the fight like that. Ah, I don't look like Amanda Nunes. So what would it be? Love to hear an argument. What else would it be? Think she had a bad training camp? No. Do you think maybe she's happy? And it's tough to completely dominate these other women like Julian Pena? Because Julian Pena had a kid too. And, you know, she had some time off there. Julian Pena's not investing crypto in the stock market, man. She's putting food in her kid's mouth and trying to keep a roof over her head, you know? And for Julian Pena, and Charles Oliveira, out of those four fighters, only two of them, if they won, would be life-changing. And that was the difference. Life-changing for Julian Pena and Charles Oliveira. Life-changing performances. Out of all the fights in the career, think how many Charles Oliveira's had. Think how many big wins Charles Oliveira's ever had. Julian Pena, won the ultimate fighter, complete badass, becomes a mom, has time off. All that led up to this, and we're talking life changing performances where if they win if they would have if they win on saturday night their entire lives change financially they move to a better house they get a better car they're eating at better restaurants maybe they're buying their mom a house maybe their kids get better toys life changing poor a man nunez are set nothing changes for them poor a wins nothing changes those conor mcgregor fights change his life Amanda Nunes, she's been set for a while, man. Nothing changes, but it definitely changed for Charles Oliveira and Julian Pena. And fuck, what were we thinking, Ben, against them? What the fuck were we thinking, man? And I, I think, too, when you talk about biggest upset of all time, you know, I, I think when you think about Matt Sarah and GSP, that's a big upset. That's a big upset. I think this is bigger because... I would say this is the biggest upset in UFC history. Odds-wise, I think Matt Serra was uh, more of an underdog. Was he, Chin? I'll look it up. Look up the odds for Matt Serra. But Julian Opinion was a, a plus 1,000, which isn't – it's not good. But, you know, the reason why I give this the biggest upset in UFC history because – so he was a plus 850. So statistically, not even a bigger underdog than – Julian Pena. Pena was a bigger underdog. So I, I think, you know, when you look at Julian Pena beating um, Amanda Nunes, the reason why it's the biggest upset of all time is because there is no argument that anybody on this fucking planet can make that Amanda Nunes isn't the greatest female fighter of all time in every, every capacity. She's beat them all, man. She has beat them all. And not like etched it out she's beat them all shevchenko etched it out whatever still beat her twice but i think you know what she did to cyborg and ronda rousey you know she's beat them all she is hands down the greatest of all time so for her to beat the goat because you know as far as me again i close to the situation but as far as when 
Ronda Rousey got knocked out and Ronda was undefeated when, when she got kicked in the face by Holly Holm. That's, I think that was a more surprising outcome, but because the media told you that Ronda Rousey was this Mike Tyson striker and that she's, you know, the Mike Tyson female MMA, but on paper, she, she wasn't, you know, and I, the hardcores could see flaws in her standup and stuff like that. And also the level of competition she was facing wasn't the same as Amanda Nunes. So I think as, although that was surprising when she got kicked in the face and knocked out, cause we've never seen it before. It wasn't as surprising as Julian Pena submitting Amanda Nunes because you're talking about Amanda Nunes, the greatest of all time. Ronda at the time, and she, still Ronda's an f- amazing fighter, clearly a Hall of Famer, pioneer of women's MMA. But at the time, the competition was different. And um, Amanda beat her, right? So I just think when you look at what Julian Pena was able to do, it's the biggest upset in uh, UFC history, man. Biggest upset in UFC history. Insane, dude. And there'll be a rematch. You know, and I don't know. Maybe maybe that puts the, the, the fire back in Amanda. I don't know. I don't know. But still, if you're going off hunger, Julian Pena still has a long ways to go before she's considered a great like Amanda Nunes. But she's on the right track. And after seeing that fight, I'd, I'd probably pick Pena in the rematch, man. That's the only thing that makes sense. I think what else is interesting is with, you know, uh, I had some drinks on Saturday night, so I said saying a Kamala Harris instead of uh, Harrison. But I would like to see Kamala Harris fight in the UFC and Biden. That's whatever. But uh, that was the whiskey talking. But with uh, Kyla Harrison, Kyla, right, Chin? Yep, Kayla. With Kayla Harrison, what kind of sucks for her is now that big mainstream super fight with her and Amanda Nunes is gone. There was so much potential there. I, I, and I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. You know, I don't – how Harrison does against Amanda Nunes in training, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I've heard some rumblings, and she does well, but we don't know. So I think, you know, maybe maybe it's for the better. Maybe now it's uh, – Harrison's turn to, to take take a run at the Bantamweight division, you know, and see how it goes. There's just no depth there. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, Harrison versus Pena is a big one, too. It's still there, but that's not the blockbuster fight, and we lost that, which is a shame, but I really hope Harrison comes over to the UFC. I really She, she was in the crowd that night, so I really hope they're negotiating with her and they get that done, and that, that'd be a fun sight to see. Um, as far as what's next, you know, Charles Oliveira is clearly fighting Justin Gaethje, and I don't know what it is, man. I just Does anybody think Justin Gaethje is going to win? I do. I don't know what it is, man. And I, remember, how long have I been preaching that Charles Oliveira's going to be champion, Chin? I know. You said from the from It was one. me and... Uh, Rogan? You and Rogan? Not, not even Rogan. Oh. It was me and Hardy. Dan oh. Hardy. For years. Wow. Now the guy's there and I'm doubting him. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I just look at Justin Gaethje and I'm like, all right. <sighs> It's frustrating. It's frustrating. But I look at him like, that's not a great fight for him. But as I, I bet Callan on the fight companion that uh, I think Makachev beats them all. I think it's a matter of time. And now we're going to see how he does against Dariush, but I think it's just a matter of time. Um, I think Gaethje's a better matchup for 
uh, Charles, then uh, Makachev, and but then I think Gaethje's a tougher matchup for Makachev than Charles Oliveira. If that makes sense. I think you know if Makachev can't get Gaethje down, that could that could be some issues. But that Dagestanian wrestling, as we saw with Khabib and Gaethje, is a nightmare. So who knows? But it's a great time to be a fucking fan, man. And 155 is fantastic, fantastic. You know, for Sean O'Malley, like I said, it's, it's time they pay him. They, if I swear to God, if you don't rank him in the top 15, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. He calls himself the the on rank champ, which is true. Uh, you got to pay him for what he's worth. And the UFC smart because, like, yeah, we got to pay the kid. They realize that he's hitting hitting a demo. No other fighter is hitting. He's hitting that. What is it? Generation? What are they? Generation Z or some shit? What's the young kids? The TikTokers? The YouTubers? He's hitting that market. Mm. Nobody else is. He's on Twitch. He's so marketable. He has uh, other income coming in outside the UFC. His merch is crushing. He everything he touches does well. His podcast is good. He does podcasting. You know, he's hanging out with uh, fucking Takashi Six Nine. He's hanging out with the Nelk Boys. There's nobody else on the roster. There's nobody. I'm gonna say this, this is great. There's nobody else. On the roster, besides Conor McGregor, more valuable to the UFC than Sean O'Malley. So what's that worth, UFC? If I'm his management, dude, I am signing a fucking deal. When you think about what that Patty Pendleton got from Barstool, he got seven figures by them. You don't think that's available for Sean O'Malley? How are people not, and I'm sure they are, I'm sure his management team's you know, up to their neck in deals trying to figure which path to go down. But the kid checks every single box. Name another fight that checks those boxes. Izzy does a little bit. He's in that anime. You know, he's he's he. You know, kids know who he is. He's a beast. But more relate to Sean O'Malley, man. He looks crazy. He looks the part. He's very open. He talks shit. You know, he has a great story. So besides, I I I'm, I know that's a hefty saying, but besides Conor McGregor, I think Sean O'Malley is the most valuable fighter on the UFC roster and has to be compensated like it. Your move, UFC. Your move. I think the sky's the limit for that kid. And that and the UFC knows this because have you ever seen them give a guy this kind of matchups? Usually it's like you beat two, you get a highlight real knockout, you look crazy, you talk shit, and like this guy has it. Here's fucking some monster that's a terrible matchup for you. And they just, you know, they, they ruin it. But with Sean O'Malley, like, ooh, we're going to do it different with this one. And they're, they're smart, man. The UFC is very, very smart. Some of the other prelim uh, fights were fantastic. Josh Emmett, Dan Ige was good. How about Dominic Cruz, dude? How about Dominic fucking Cruz, man? Here's another one. If, if, if you want Sean O'Malley to play ball, you want to fight guys, Sean O'Malley, Dominic Cruz ain't a bad one. I don't know if Dominic Cruz takes that fight. Although Dominic Cruz doesn't really give a fuck. He's such a gamer. Dominic Cruz, Sean O'Malley's fun. Sean O'Malley, Cody Garbrandt, although Cody's going to be out a little bit. But if you want to do it early, first quarter, 2022, you go Cruz versus O'Malley. Uh, if you want to catapult him like that, you put a, a win over a Dominic Cruz, tough fight for O'Malley, no doubt. But if you were able to, if you were able to get by Dominic Cruz, we're going fucking Sizzler UFC. And that stakes rainbow. You feel me? We sizzling with some rainbow fucking tri-tip, dude. It's going to be fantastic. And these aren't the updated rankings, right? No, probably Tuesday. I, how do you not have them ranked in there, dude? We'll see. You have to, yeah. See, I don't. I don't know if you jump him straight to Dominic Cruz at nine. It's he's a tough one. You, you got to be smart with it. 
but I, I think for for Sean, his team needs to he needs to get paid what he's worth. And there's, it's easy to figure that out as far as what you do, as far as eyeballs. What's that worth to the UFC? Your 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 Twitch streaming, your podcasting, your merch sales. Like there's all this these analytics you can bring to the table to argue with them. And I'm sure they have someone young on the business side who gets that his value. I'm sure they got that covered. But Don McCruz is an absolute fucking animal, man. I thought he was about to get knocked down that first round and came back. My boy Taito Avasa doing a goddamn shoey. KO in the second round. Pick that. Boy, was I off on my DraftKings parlay. I had Taito Avasa. I was like, ooh, here we go. It's going to be a good night. Cody Garbrandt, told you I'm biased. And then Dustin Poirier, told you I'm biased. So that's tough. How about our boy Nick, the producer of King of the, King of the Sting, had but I think 100 bucks on Julian Pena winning by submission. Really? But in the fourth round. Oh, <laughs> shit. He lost. Nick's picks, man. Nick's picks. Yep. I didn't even see the Ryan Hall fight. Decision. Wouldn't have called that. Yeah. That Aaron uh, Blanchfield. Blanchfield. She's a little monster. Mm -hmm. She's the next big thing in the flyweight division. Beat Miranda Maverick. But if you don't know who Aaron is, she is a fucking talent, dude. Super talent. She's a superstar for the UFC. Yeah, if you're a UFC fan, it's just exciting as shit, isn't it? Just yeah. a good time to be a UFC fan. But yeah, to wrap up this UFC 269, I think the main event and co-main event was a result of success, and that's why they lost. Um, I'm heartbroken over Cody Garbrandt. I think Sean O'Malley, besides Conor McGregor, is the most valuable man on the roster. There you go. What do you got, Chin? All right, so there was a little bit of controversy with Charles Oliveira. People are saying they grabbed the gloves. This is not for the finishing you know, not the finishing move, but... Setting it up. Setting up, yeah. So, this is the actual move right here. I can't tell, really. He's saying put his fingers yeah, in the inside glove. the gloves. But that's when he had them in that, that Almost weird umplata. umplata yeah. But the, it's not even there? No. That's what people are complaining about? And then he was able to, you know, go around. Oh, fuck yeah, off. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm out. <laughs> fuck off. Near of Charles Sheen, it's clear he just grabbed the wrist. Yeah, oh, hold up. Go up. That guy's actually on my side. Okay. <laughs> At the Cutman MMA. Sorry, Manny Boom. Sorry, dude. I jumped to a conclusion there. Uh, I'm with Manny Brown on this. Shout to it's a At the Cutman MMA. Follow him. Uh, he put, uh, please shut down the narrative of Charles cheating. It's clear he just grabbed the wrist. Yeah, yeah. That, that's stupid. The glove um, grab narrative is all Joe Rogan's fault. Okay. Charles Oliver grabs it for less than two seconds and immediately switches to wrist control, maintains ankle control. Dustin still wasn't able to escape. Then rolls to get Poirier's back. I, listen, I can't hear the commentary, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that's what the only set. Dana White put, I don't know anything about it either. That's something that the ref would handle. There has nothing to do with me. I'm with you, Dana. But the glove had nothing to do with it. I found it interesting that Dustin Poirier clearly won the first round. Second round, when he does get reversed like that, he had a body triangle. So the hardcores and audience knows this, but whenever you're in a in uh, in guard and you do a, a triangle, that's that's basically a position where you're settling to be on the bottom. You're not trying to. There's gonna be you can't do any submission attempts. You can't uh, get to your feet. You're basically saying I'm cool with being down here. I'm gonna end the round down here with a body lock from guard. It's insane. There's nothing you can do. There's there's no transition you can do out of that. Can't get to your feet. All you're saying is, I'm content being down here. I've lost this round. And uh, I think Dustin said this previously, that 
when stuff like that happens, he'd rather lose the round than get in a scramble and get caught in a submission. So maybe that's his logic there. I just feel like if you're Dustin Poirier, you can't be that scared of Charles Oliver's jiu-jitsu because you're a black belt, dude. You're also a black belt. I understand Charles Oliver is different and more dangerous than the transition and stuff like that. But I think if you're going to mentally be that scared of a man in his submissions, you've already lost the fight, dude. If, if, that, if the game plan is if we get taken down, let's just hold him until they either A, stand us up, or the round's done, Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus. That can't be the best game plan. Can't be. Can't be. I thought that was very strange. Very strange. What else you got, Jen? So this is Michael Chandler saying Dustin Poirier quit and kind of talking smack on him here. This is something I can't stand mm-hmm. is when a guy like Dustin Poirier or a guy like Cody Garbrandt, two greats, you know, have a bad night. Uh, at work, and these other fighters jump all over them. And Michael Chandler seems like such a great guy, too. Yeah, it's a tough one. I didn't see what he says. This is Michael Chandler talking? Yeah. He said, I would never, ever quit. I went out on my shield after being separated from consciousness. Congrats to Charles. Uh, the way I see it, the whole world wants to see me rematch two out of three fights I've had in the UFC. That's how you come back in and make a statement. I'd never quit. Congrats to Oliveira. Punch your ticket with Gaethje this summer, and I'll see you at the end of 2022. Michael, you know, I love you. You're, you're a good dude. Uh, quit? I mean, I guess go out on your shield. You don't tap and just get choked unconscious. But when a guy got it, he got it. What do you want him to do? I don't, I don't think he quit. Is this him? I make ill-advised decisions at times, but I'm there to put you all, put you all on the edge of your seat. So you miss me when I'm gone. I promise you will. Most of these guys are here to play MMA. Yeah, I, I lost. I get it. But tell me you can't see a difference between the so-called elite and the ones who are built different. I've been there to inflict immense bodily harm on somebody since the jump. Others are there to play MMA. And it, Pitbull, but, out, but out of all the guys, it's weird to go after Poirier. I know. I'm talking about a guy who's Poirier and Gaethje. And, oh, first of all, Charles Oliveira has the most finished in the UFC um, for a reason. Dustin Poirier, he's not known as a guy that kind of gets ahead on the scorecards and rides it out. You're talking about one of the greatest of all time. You're talking about a guy who lives for chaos. You're talking about a guy who almost knocked Charles out twice. Boys, going on tangents, let's take a little break from that. Let me give you a little breather. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're listening to this at work, all right? Listen, there's a lot of investment apps out there that make it super easy to start trading, but just because it's easy doesn't mean you know what you're doing. That's what makes Wealthfront different. They make it easy to invest and they make it easy to get smarter about investing, all right? Just don't throw your money away, man. Be smart with your money, all right? If you want to invest for a long term, it helps you to invest on your terms. Maybe you're a pro-solar cannabis supporter. Maybe you're an emerging market crypto nerd. Whoever you are, you should invest in what you believe in, what you care about, man. That's what makes Wealthfront so great. After answering just a few questions, Wealthfront will build you a diverse portfolio of low-cost index funds in minutes. You can also build your own portfolio with clean energy funds, crypto trusts, cannabis, tech, hundreds of other investments, whatever you're into, we got you, man. Best of all, Wealthfront is totally automated. They do all the trading, all the rebalancing. They even help you lower your tax bill when you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over 27 billion assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. You get your first 5,000 Buckaroos managed for free for life by going to wealthfront.com slash BTB to start building your wealth, 
Get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash BTB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash BTB. Start building your wealth. That's wealthfront.com slash BTB and get started today. Let's face it. Christmas coming up, man. Holidays are here and you, you got a man. You got a brother, you got a dad, you got a stepdad, you got a stepbrother, you got your friend who's a bro, and they're hard to shop for, man. They're hard to shop for. They're very hard to shop for. So you need even the gift that keeps on giving. I'm talking about Harry's. I'm talking about Harry's limited edition holiday shave set. That's right. Featuring their award-winning Winston handle plus handsome and ready to gift patch in for an amazing unboxing moment. All right. Books are great. Ties are great. Socks are boring. But the guy in your life also deserves something he'll use every single day for years to come. That's where Harry's gift set keeps on giving. Their sharp, long-lasting blades are still low as $2 each. Once find time to replace them. How often can you say you're also given the gift of savings? Come on, man. For limited time, listeners and viewers of Below the Belt can get $5 off any holiday shave set at harrys.com slash BTB. All right. High quality, fear prices. Harry's makes sharp blades that last. Tom German engineered award-winning razors backed by 100% quality guaranteed. So if he doesn't love his shave, you'll get a full refund. You got nothing to lose here. This holiday season, Below the Belt listeners and viewers can get $5 off plus free shipping on Harry's limited edition holiday shave set when you go to harrys.com slash BTB. The set comes with a weighty handle, three razor cartridges, foaming shave gel, a travel cover, everything he'll need for a smooth shave, all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. To claim $5 off plus free shipping, go to harrys.com slash BTB. This is Pitbull, who came out with some pretty hardcore Patricio, points. Yeah. Who, uh, for those who don't know, again, most of the listeners know, Pitbull uh, knocked Michael Chandler out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you turned your back to Charles and ran away after being clipped. You quit against Gaethje. Also, let's not forget, you asked Will Brooks for a timeout. Shut your damn mouth. You've been pathetic. Do you remember that Will, Bro- Will Brooks one? That was a weird one. He got cracked, and then he kind of looked like, no. Oh, no, I don't yeah. remember that. It was in Bellator. It's crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't get why. I get. The, you can... You can tweet on how great Charles is. You don't need to put down Dustin Poirier. Exactly. Everybody loves the Poirier. You <laughs> don't like Poirier. He, he, that guy's fucking his charity foundation. He's given twenty thousand dollars to Charles Oliveira's foundation. That's like, just a, a solid super fucking yeah. dude. A great dad, husband. Like he's just not the guy to go after. Mm-hmm. There's certain guys you don't go after. GSP, you don't go after. You know. All right. So and also Chandler, you have to fight Dustin Poirier next. By the way. Lomachenko fought over the weekend as well. Didn't he whoop this guy's ass so bad he asked the corner to stop it? Yeah, he asked the corner to stop it. He even asked the ref to stop it, but they didn't stop it. And to the other guys, to Richard Comey's credit, he did last until the 12th round. Let me see. This is one of the parts. He's like, no, make him quit. <laughs> then he kept going. That's when he talked to the corner. Jesus Christ. And then. Lomachenko's such a badass. He is. And here is the finish, I believe. Oh, shit. By finish, I mean the knockdown. Yeah. Lomachenko's such a badass. Oh, they let it go on? Oh, he's saying stop the fight. He doesn't want to go on. Jesus Christ. These fucking corners. I don't know. What are you going to do? I love Lomachenko, though. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure you. Were you there, Chim, when we had him on uh, Below the Belt? I don't TV know if I was show? at. 
I don't know if I was at the studio. Was but anyone hit? No, no one. Probably not. There. But that was a sick ass time, dude. Yeah, that's that fun. studio. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Like a real TV network. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Okay, so I'm sure you've seen this clip by now. Dominic Cruz talking about <laughs> Danny Cormier and his commentating. I haven't seen. It. I know. It, I know it's going around. See, so I just read the transcript. I didn't see the actual interview. Mm -hmm. To me, and I've worked with Dominic Cruz many of times. He's always a ball buster. So is, was he joking? I'll show. I'll play the clip first, and you tell me. And what do you think, Jim? I think he's not joking, but I'm just—he's like a super, like transparent, honest type of friend. He has, but he—he's very upfront and says whatever's yeah. on his mind. And there's also—he's about as funny as a Russian. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no <laughs> name the best Russian comedy. I'll wait. Name the funniest Russian you know. They're not funny. Sorry, dude. They're not fucking funny. How can it be funny? It's miserable out there. Gary's Russian, by the way. So. I know. That's why it's funny. <laughs> I know. Russian in the house. Yeah. Dominic Cruz has the sense of humor of a Russian, dude. <laughs> comes to D.C., you know, I, I usually mute it. I, I like him. I love D.C. He's my friend. But to me, from my experience, he doesn't do the homework. Oh, he's dead serious. He wants to get in and out. Oh, dead serious. Not, that's not what I was thinking. Make his money. And I think he cares about us. But it's just different. He doesn't do the preparation from my experience. He might now. I'm hoping he watches some film this time on me so that he knows what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath on that, that's for sure. When it comes to Okay. Well yeah, it's dead serious. That's dead serious. But he's like it's a little light, much. But yeah. It's a little much. A little much indeed. And then this is a long video, but he did uh Daniel Cormier confronted him and they kinda went back and forth. They got a little bit like let uncomfortable. Me see. Please let me I'll play see. some of it. I don't think he should have done it. I'm assuming DC like you don't air that out. Yeah, in the public. like we're, we're friends. Tell me first beforehand. Yeah, they're boys. Know? Yeah. So guys, I'm here with the Dominator. DC's looking Cruz. thick. Uh, Dom, a few days before UFC 269, and uh, I, for one, I'm just excited to see you compete again. How does it feel? Feels good. I just like talking to you, man. Let's talk. Well, yeah, of course we like talking. That's why we talk. Privately, at times also. <laughs> Let's go. That's what I mean. Let's go. Well, we don't have to do it private, though. We're right no, here. I know, but we talk yeah, privately. Yeah, dude. I'm so that's why it proves. Cruz plays no talk. fools, man. True. But right now we're talking. Cruz scares me. Right? So let's like, talk. Let's Cruz talk scares me. So let me ask you a question. But that's the problem, right? Like, that's the problem. The things we talk Look at Cruz. He's ready to go. Just to say in public. And who made that? That's what that you rule. just did. Who made that? Who made that rule? That's our rule. You say so our many rule. things privately that I would never say publicly. We, we uh, say things I never, I never said anything. No, you and I say things privately that we never would say publicly. Uh, I didn't, you literally. I, I did not you say, just say it. It is a rule, though. Kind of like bro code. But you do I say. I held you accountable. No, That's you different. do. But, they, but accountability is love. You do say. No, it's not. It's love. It's love only in the crew. It's love only in your mind. It's just accountability. Listen, it's love. It's a generalization. It is a generalization. Accountability is love. No. Yes, it is. So when you hold your kid accountable for missing something, is it yes, love? but what are you, do you holding do me accountable for? Do you do it because you love? But what are you not watching film? But I, Dom, is there different ways to Oh, this is dead. I, I had no idea. This is it's dead not, serious. It's uncomfortable for sure. <laughs> yeah. just, it just seems like that's his personality, though, right? It's both of their personality. Yeah. DC's a fun, loving, like yeah. obviously one of the greatest to ever do it. Gives great insight into the game. But I'm not looking to tune into DC to get the, you know the. The, the nuts and berries of fighting. I, I want to hear Dominic Cruz break that down. So yeah. they both bring a different aspect to commentating, and they're both great at it. 
I'm with DC. I like, I mean, you have to air out that I don't f- study as much film as you do. And here's to be fair, besides John Anik, I don't think there's anybody name a commentator who watches more film than Dominic Cruz. Mm. It's just, that's his thing. You know, it's not a knock on DC because have you ever been watching like, God, I wish DC would have been more educated on this fighter? Never. I don't look to him for that. I don't look at him like that guy, you know? Yeah. God, that was uncomfortable. That's I didn't uncomfortable. know that. Yeah. And then Sean O'Malley actually <laughs> mentioned something as well about DC's commentating. No, but let me ask you this. Why is it lately? Mm-hmm. Why is it everybody wants to shit on DC? Why is it? I don't know. Is it because he's getting too much love? Is it because he's so beloved? Is it because, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing as people hate on Drake, right? Because so many people, like, is it the cool thing to do to hate on DC right now? They're starting to This come from on. a guy who's never been a hater. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I like everybody. I like DC. I like Dominic Cruz. They each do their own thing. They're both, one's chocolate, one's vanilla. I like both flavors. Mm-hmm. I don't need them. I don't need the chocolate to be more like the vanilla. I think they're both in their separate lane. I, I don't know what it is when we're doing this and it comes up and people have these issues with DC. I, is it because they know he'll address them? Because he will. Like, you know, he'll, he'll address it on Twitter or something. Because usually a hater, that's what they're looking for, some sort of acknowledgement that you recognize that they said something about you. And that maybe these fighters know DC will acknowledge that. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I thought everybody loved DC. I mean, you know, in the very beginning, when DC first popped on, like he didn't get respect in the very beginning for the longest time with the fans. And then finally, boom, he blew up yeah, and blossomed. Because he's being himself and he's yeah. having fun with Rogan and Anik. To me, there's not a better commentating team in the history it's of sports. It's yeah. As far as entertainment, education, just entertainment value as a whole than DC, Anik, and Rogan. Yeah. There will never be a better trio ever. <laughs> Now there's more, there's others that can break it down better and get more, you know, down to the play-by-play and the footwork and the the mechanics and what they see and what they think is going to happen. There's, you know, when Dominic Cruz or Bisbing or Paul Felder break it down, they're better. Or Laura Sanko, she's great. Mm-hmm. But as far as the chemistry and combination and what I want to hear, there's not a better pairing than Anik, DC, and Rogan. So this is O'Malley saying oh, this? So before this, though, O'Malley criticized DC because I guess the Chris Matino fight, I think it's the Chris Matino fight, uh-huh. uh, he said that Sean O'Malley kept looking at the clock and he was insinuating that he was tired. When he's like, O'Malley's like, no, I'm not tired. I'm looking to see if I'm going to go out, you know, now, all out or not. to defend both of them. Yeah. To me, too, and because DC and I from the, come from the same cloth as far as old school, whenever a guy would look at a clock, it's usually a bad sign. Now, that's, that's back in the day. Mm-hmm. When when Woodley was losing to Kamara Usman or Colby Compton and he was against the cage, he would look at the clock and you'd be like, fuck, he just wants out of there. So I think from prior experiences, guys who looked at the clock didn't want to be in there. They're worried about something or something was going on. Mm-hmm. But now there's this new age of millennials, guys like, you know, fucking Sean O'Malley, who to them, they look at the clock and it's a calculation, and yeah. it's a way for him to figure out, okay, am I going to finish guy now and go balls to the wall, or how much time do I have to do this? Because if there's 40 seconds left, I'm not going to go nuts. If there's three minutes left, let me try and get him out of here because I don't have enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think this is DC, kind of an old-school train of thought, and he said that because in his experience, most guys that look at the, to defend DC in 
the majority of the time, especially prior to this year, guys who looked at a clock, it, they, they were losing, they wanted a way out. So he just projected that on Sean O'Malley. Mm. The other thing I would say about people picking on DC or Rogan for the longest, not, not from fighters. Fighters don't really fuck with Rogan. Some well, but most don't. Um, obviously, the left well and CNN comes after him. That's whatever. Now they don't have Trump. But nobody's more sensitive than a professional fighter. I'd say the most sensitive professionals in the world are MMA fighters and comics. <laughs> and I'm in both lanes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm in both lanes. You know? I'd say MMA fighters, comics, and Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Twitter. Uh, so he put, I always uh, felt like DC wants me to lose. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I just sat down with him another day. It's, it's not like he doesn't like me personally. I just feel like he kind of wants to see me lose. I don't know what it is. If I remind him of a young John Jones, but for some reason I feel like he wants me to lose. That's his own Yeah, that's, that's his, his own, own thing, yeah. dealing. There's something else going on here. And then this to his credit, he also says that he couldn't do the commentating gig. Ah, right you here. could, Sean. I don't know if you could do it as good as DC right now, but I think as you mature and go down the road, there's a his own style. could be a lane for yeah. you, yeah. Come to your side, O'Malley has now moved to fifteen one. O'Malley waits his next fight, perhaps now Cormorant could hash out these criticisms and poke I uh, with or without the aid of Michael Bisbee. Oh, because Bisbee came in the interview at like midway point. The middleman? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm going to come. Hilarious. Yeah. And so Anik also commented about this. So basically Jesus. he's saying it's it's taken away from the fighters when you do this. You know what I'm saying? Like the attention should just be on the fighters for that week especially. The problem is, is the commentators are more famous than the fighters. True. There's no one more famous. So in the arena, think about it. You have, besides, let's say Connor's not fighting. Take Connor out of this. In that arena... If it's a big pay-per-view, you have Dana White ringside, more famous than any fighter in the world. You have Joe Rogan doing the commentating, more famous than any fighter in the world. Almost any person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So you have Dana White, Joe Rogan there. So they're already more famous than anybody they put on the card. And then DC's pretty fucking famous. More famous than anybody they fought last Saturday. Mm -hmm. So the issue is, is I, I think John's office, it takes away from the fighters. I don't think so. I think it adds another wrinkle into this soap opera we call the UFC. It's a soap opera for, for grown men and women. That's all we want. And this is just a different wrinkle in it. Sure. I find it fascinating. Yeah, that's why we brought up these articles. because yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I wish they would all get along, but it's mm -hmm. fun to talk about. And DC did comment on it as well. That's true, Sean. Great one night. You and I spoke this week. You'd have told me that in person. Yeah, basically, you <laughs> told me in person. Like, Damn, dude. It was simple. I wouldn't have done anything but took you. Took your criticism. Took your criticism. You look great tonight. But I, I think by DC, and he might not. DC has thick skin. Mm -hmm. Thick. Three, three, three C's. It's built like a baby hippo. Thick skin. <laughs> but the reason these guys go after him, because they know they're going to get a reaction out of DC. Mm -hmm. He pays attention to this. He could be one of those guys that have friends like this, like Mark Harley. You know, he, he thrives off reading that stuff. Or, yeah. uh, Bradley Martin thrives off that. Or, you know, the Dylan Dennis and Kobe, uh, Co Kobe Covington. There's certain guys that feed off that. Or even Izzy pays attention to it. You know? Mark has a show because of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. certain people just don't take it as serious. But I think one of the reasons people go after DC is you know you're getting a reaction out of them. You're not getting a reaction of Rogan. And if you go after Dana, you need a reaction. It's going to hurt your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But oh, I, okay. I fucking, I love DC. Love him. I love Dominic Cruz, man. You just got to know what you're dealing, what animal you're dealing with, man. Dude, me and Cruz, 
Me and Cruz. I know what you're going to say. What? The, the racing thing? Yeah, yeah, dude. Me and Dominic Cruz did this goat cart racing with for Jason Ellis. It's goat carts. There's all like these pro skaters and whatever. And the only two fighters there were me and Dominic Cruz. And it's just a fun time, man. So me and Ellis, I'm like, how's it working? He's like, yeah, you just get in the cart and you put a helmet on and then here's the track. And I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. And he goes, you want to do a pre-lap? I'm like, no, pre-lap. It's fucking go-karts, man. I'm, I grew up driving go-karts. I don't give a fuck. Dominic Cruz is walking the <laughs> path, like writing notes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn here. He, it, it was, he's so serious. It took the fun out of it. And he won. Okay. That's Dominic Cruz, <laughs> man. And I remember when me and him were working for the UFC. We're uh, on UFC tonight on Fox. I, I can't remember the company. I can't remember the company, but they had their bottle or something on the table. And it was Fox had an agreement with the company for their brand to be on the table. And he's like, no, they don't pay me. And kept taking off. And the producer was like, dude, you got to leave that. I was like, no, nah, fuck that. They're not paying enough. And then they were, it might have been Reebok. I might have been Reebok or Monster. I forget what it is. They're on set. And dude, he beelines for the guy and was just like, Tearing him a new asshole. I'm like, how the fuck does this guy get away with it, dude? He's a scary little dude, man. He, he does have that uh, energy about him. Brilliant, that brilliant aura. guy. Brilliant fucking guy. Mm -hmm. Brilliant, dude. Every aspect. So he uh, during that conversation, too, because um, he he, he's like, so tell me, DC, is there any, like, you know, criticism you have about me? Anything? Just be honest. He's like, you're a little dry. He goes, <laughs> you're a little dry. <laughs> <laughs> what what Dominic said. He goes, I'm dry, I'm dry. He goes, yeah. He goes, maybe that's that's fair or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, I think we all agree. It's it's kind of dry, but it's very knowledgeable and like, yeah, he does his homework. 100%. Yeah. But it's still, yeah, still fun to watch. Uh, again, dude, you're talking vanilla ice cream to fucking chocolate chip. They're both great. And you put them together, it's fantastic. Yeah. Get one scoop of chocolate <laughs> chip, one scoop of vanilla. Together, they're Good great. To they're but they're both great at what they do. Yeah. You're talking about two different human beings, man. But they're both great at what they do. As a team. Neither should get hate. Yeah. No, listen, you couldn't have DC and Dominic Cruz together, both DC, which is confusing. You couldn't have DC squared together if they were both cerebral minds like that. Then it you have two fucking Siamese fish fighting over each other. Mm. You can't have that. You gotta compliment each other. Yeah. And that's what they do. And it's all good. There's no reason DC has to do the homework. Didn't they say like, yeah, DC hires guys? I heard something like that, but I don't know. Here's the thing with That's that. That's fine. Yeah. So I was thinking about it if I was a commentator. I've been asked many of times, never by the UFC, right? By other huge organizations to do commentating. It's not what I want to do. I don't find it fun. I decided to go down the stand-up lane, and that has worked out for me. With, with that commentating... When someone goes, yeah, someone told me, they go, hey, I guess DC pays a guy to do the undercard. Yeah, yeah, I would too, 100%. So you're telling me, because what's the sign of a successful person? Delegating mm -hmm. power and, dele and being okay having someone else do work for you, that's going to make the overall project better. So being a leader is realizing when to delegate. You got to realize too, Dominic Cruz doesn't have kids. He doesn't have a family. He doesn't have a wife. Dominic Cruz eats, sleeps, and breathes mixed martial arts. Daniel Cormier has so much other shit going on. He runs a wrestling league. He's a husband. He has kids. He has multiple kids. He has a family. 
He has all these other businesses, all these other business ventures. He has his YouTube channel. He's doing that and commentating. Fighting isn't his life, man. It's Dominic's life. So Dominic has the time to watch hours of the prelims of people we don't fucking know. DC goes, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do the undercard. How many fighters are on the roster now? I, I don't know not 90% of the undercard, you know? Mm-hmm. So for DC, like, yeah, hey, man, I'll give you what, however much money. Study the undercard. Just give me the notes. Why not, dude? Mm-hmm. I don't feel that's disrespectful. No, you still got to memorize all that stuff, too. <laughs> it's fine. You got to memorize it, but then... You know where you make your bread is you know in the in the in the big boys the, yeah. the main cards. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with that. That's what he wants to do. Again, he has so much other shit going on, and that's why he's so successful as a businessman outside of fighting. Uh, he set himself up because he has kids. He has that wrestling program. He does all this stuff, man. He's helping other fighters. Dominic Cruz is just solely focused on fucking fighting, and he's a savage. And God bless him, man. That's great. He's awesome. That's great. All right, you mentioned this already, but so Kayla Harrison did meet with some of the people from the UFC, and then Dana said this. This is prior to Nunez losing, of course. This is Aaron Bronstetter. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, Aaron's great. Great, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Just spoke to Dana White, and he confirmed that UFC have conversation with Kyla Harrison's team. He believes that there's only one way to find out whether Harrison can be considered the best in the world, and that's for her to join the UFC and face Amanda Nunez. Yeah. Agree. So that w- But just because Amanda lost, that's still the only one way to find out. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. There's He's, only one way to find out. Those girls, she keeps... Of course. In I here, know. there's some pretty... You're a hardcore fan, Gary. You're a hardcore <laughs> fan. You're a hardcore fan. You went to Coachella? Wait, listen. <laughs> listen. Oh, Nate. Listen. Name one other... You're laughing too hard, Casey. Name one, name one opponent that Kayla Harrison's fought in World Series. You're looking up. Doesn't count. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, so you know. Yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? Name one girl. Yeah. Go. And go. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> the best of the best in the UFC, night in, night out. It's just the way it is. Now, are there other fighters and other organizations that can come over and beat the UFC champs? Sure. There's a few of them out there. But in the grand scheme of things and the, and the optics, the fans, what do they say? Oh, you fight UFC. No matter where you're at. UFC, it's like Kleenex. You know Kleenex isn't called Kleenex. That's a brand. You feel me? The UFC is a brand, but they're so dominant, and the most famous fighters come out of the UFC, and the best fighters come out of the UFC for a reason. And he's right. For I think for Kyla Harrison, listen, if I'm her, you're talking about a girl who's fucking Olympic gold medalist, so she knows this. For her, it's about competing with the best. She... It, does anybody in here really think the PFL has better fighters in the UFC? Gary? I feel like you want to say something. There's no way, dude. So for her, she knows that. She knows that. The fucking royalties and the notor, not, just the notoriety she's going to get from being a UFC champion is unlike anything else. You're recognized worldwide as the best. Worldwide. It's just what it is, man. And for her, how competitive she is, that's some, I'm sure she wants that. I guarantee you yeah. she signs with the UFC. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Uh, so Dana White also said, since Nunez lost, if she didn't lose, then Kayla would have fought Nunez and it would have been, like, been like the Huge. biggest women's fight and it would have made multi-millions for both or something like that. Ooh, I, I don't think it's the biggest women's fight. I don't think it's bigger than Ronda 
uh, Nunez. I don't think it's bigger than Ronda uh, Holly Holm. Ronda back in those days was insane. I remember. There's a number of things that goes into that. Yeah. So now he's he's asking that Amanda Nunez rematch with Juliana Pena. Pena. Yeah, I mean, if Amanda Nunez, if she wants to do that, it sounds like she does. But clearly, you got to give the GOAT a rematch. She's earned it by far. She beats her again, you know. But I think Kyla Harrison, it, it makes, I don't think it hurts her stock that Nunez lost, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you need depth anyway. She's a star in every capacity. And they showed Kyla Harrison uh, during the fights. Yeah, which is they never done before. Guaranteed she signs <laughs> with the UFC. Yeah. Oh, Kyle here to the man in his fight was huge. If they would have faced off, it would have been a massive mega million dollar fight. Let me tell you, if Manninus had won tonight, the Kyle Harrison fight would have been one of the biggest fights that you had ever seen. I disagree. I don't think it's one of the biggest fights. I think it's big. Definitely big, but yeah. Not top 10. Like pay-per-view wise? No. Big. And we're all hardcores in here. We love Kyle Harrison. I love her. She's been on a food truck. She's a fucking beast. Pretty girl. Checks all boxes. But she, I think it would take a while for her to be that pay-per-view draw. For casuals to actually know yeah, ask, her. Dude, ask yeah. the PFL. How's, how's ratings? Yeah. How's ratings? All right, quick boxing one. Tyson Fury is ordered to defend his heavyweight title against Dillian White. That's boxing. Mm-hmm. I'll always watch Tyson Fury fight, though. Of course. Okay, this also over the weekend was a BKFC fight, some Tampa card. And Mike Perry was on the commentating table. And then Julian Lane, if you remember Julian Lane from Ultimate Fighter, yeah. let me bang, bro. He, he came at him. So I'll show you this real quick. Let's show you this right here. Damn, hit him right in the face. Did he fuck him up? I'll show you. There's better footage. Oh, there's here. better footage? like they're grappling yeah. that was basically it. it was like they were throwing wide but not you know hmm. trying to land almost you know hmm. this has been going the on let me bang bro guy he's still doing it huh? he's still doing it i guess there's a fight coming up like the next week or two in bkfc yeah that's cool that's cool <laughs> and i didn't get to read all of this yet but i'll read it with you so dana white saying ufc fighters make more than most boxers yeah i've always said that mm-hmm. in general like people look at like Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, they're like, look how much they make. No, no, no I know that they're the fucking outliers. In general, boxers don't make shit. Yeah, definitely yeah. listen. Yeah, definitely listen. When you talk about the elite, I'm putting on 44 fights in a year, right? People are buying these pay-per-views, you know, 13 or 14 a year, watching all the other ones building, whatever. Watching all the other ones building, whatever. Then when you look at what most of these guys make, most UFC fighters make more than boxers, okay? Most UFC fighters make more than boxers, especially at a lower level. Yeah, he's right. Then the guys, you know, the Khabibs, Connors, Rondas, you know, even the John Jones, these guys make more than most of these guys that are fighting for big title fights. Don't believe the bullshit. Don't believe all the stuff you hear. These guys make a lot of money. And he continues here. You have these scumbags out here that know nothing about the business telling all the fighters, oh, you're all being underpaid. You're not being paid enough money. You are not this. It goes on every fucking day. They literally know nothing about the business or the pay or how any of this works. It's all part of the game. Agree. And I used to be pretty critical on the UFC and Dana and they pay. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't run their books. I don't do their accounting. I don't know. I've always said that in general, fighters make more than boxers, especially at a lower level. 
But you guys see the Floyd Mayweathers and the Tyson Furies and Anthony Joshua's. Those are the outliers. All right. Next one. You already mentioned that Luke Thomas and Brian Kelly won <coughs> combat one at the World MMA Awards. <laughs> but, Best MMA program. Luke, but not quite the miracle on ice, but <laughs> hell of an upset. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. And these are the winners, if you care at all. So this is... Fight, fight of the, the year, year Camaro deserves it. Rose, female. Mm-hmm, fight cool. of the year Figueroa, uh, Brandon Moreno won. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Knock of the year Joaquin Buckley. Even Kanye re- uh, blasted of video up about it. Upset of the year the guy beat Demetrius Johnson. Submission Khabib over Gaethje. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, break fight of the year Brandon. Yep. Comeback Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. Yep. Personality of the year. Jeez, think people there like him. DC. <laughs> I know. International Fighter of the Year, Izzy. Coach of the Year, my boy Trevor Whitman. Trainer of the Year, Phil Daru. Who's Phil Dustin, with? That's Dustin Poirier, Strength and Conditioning. Company. Oh, so Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier's. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They, strength and Conditioning. Amanda Nunez, all them. Drew's of the Year, of course. Every year. Ariel, was this like the 30th time he's won? Decades now, yeah. Analyst of the Year, Michael Bisping. That's dope. Hell yeah, good for Bisping. Lee Man of the Year, Dana White. They got to do that, you know? <laughs> Referee of the Year, Herb Dean. Green card girl of the year, Brittany. Fighting spirit, Brandon. I made me the source of the year, ESPN. Jimmy the Year, American Top Team, best promotion, UFC. Best MMA program in yeah. morning combat. Shout out to Luke Thomas, man. Hell yeah. That's my guy. And this is a little kind of funny. I don't know why, but so Herb Dean's speech for accepting the award was this. Do you accept the award and said, this has been the best year of MMA officiating. We got a lot of reps. So of all years. I feel like it's been the worst year for him. <laughs> no, for him, right? Before, if he got it before, it's like, for sure. But this year, it was like, oh. And people were saying that like, Jason Herzog should have gotten this year. I love Jason yeah. Herzog. He's the, my first uh, ref ever. Mm-hmm. It, not only in a local promotion in Denver, but then also in the UFC is my first ref. Okay, so this has been going on. I think something happened right now, recently with Robert Whitaker posting but for now israel Adesanya versus robert whitaker 2 was officially announced and then israel posted a, a cap like it's a cap on their post and cap for uh you boomers lying. means you're lying yeah, yeah why does cap refer to lying does anybody know i don't get it either at first i heard it was tyron woodley saying out and i had to google i don't it. like when people say capping you <laughs> say that there that's what but a cap but then I, I i watched the press conference dana goes yeah i guess uh they had to tell him they're like, yeah, he said it's capping. Dane's like, what the fuck's capping? Like, yeah. saying you're lying. <laughs> Dane goes, whenever we lied about a fight, I know. He's like, why would we lie? He's like, do we? And then he asked uh, homeboy Mick Manuard right there. He was like, hey, do, do we have a contract signed? And he was like, yeah. He's like, all right, why the fuck would we lie about it? He goes, fights are difficult to put together sometimes, more difficult than the others, but we wouldn't. What benefit would it do us lying about that? Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes they will announce it to force the hand of fighters, they will do that. But I don't think it's lying. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why they call it cap. I, I don't, maybe I'm a boomer. I don't know why they call it capping. But Robert Whitaker tweeted out that it's going down. When I was looking at my Instagram, I saw something. Mm-hmm. February 12th. And this is John Jones saying that he's targeting April or July date for his heavyweight debut, which is very soon. And he's fighting the winner of Cyril Gaon and Francis. Is that the rumor, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what he even said that. He is that beast manager now. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't fucking wait for him to come back. <laughs> Even after everything, it sucks, but. I, I, I know. I know. I told you I'm off the John train, but I always defend the guy. As far as watching his fights, for sure. Yes. Outside, is, yeah. I don't defend his actions outside. Nope, not at all. And we talked about this a little bit off air. So Darren Ravel 
He used to work for, he's a sports business reporter and he used to work for ESPN and now he works for the Action Network, I think. The Action Network? Yeah. And That's he's, not good. So he's a business guy though in and sports. So I guess this tweet was from a while ago. So this, so this is the tweet that's causing all the, this is why Dana hates him? Yeah, Dana doesn't like him at all. So Darren Rovell, I'm not familiar, I've, I've seen some of his tweets, I'm sure he's mm-hmm. usually pretty good. Um, he put, between Rousey and Cyborg, Amanda has single-handedly killed the most valuable women in the sport, brutally damaging the UFC. Nunez isn't the same mark in ballpark as either of those two. He's right as far as Ronda goes. Mm-hmm. He, but here's the thing, Darren, you're assuming, I mean, Ronda would have to fought sometime. So the UFC can't control that. No. UFC can't. It's not the WWE. <laughs> we can't control the narrative of Ronda winning every fight and then them just squeezing every penny they can out of her marketing wise. So it, it 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 doesn't make sense. It's still a sport. Competing. It's a sport. sport. Yeah. The UFC can't control. So oh, one falls, one one builds. That's that's the nature of sport in every professional aspect. So then Dana called him a fucking idiot, <laughs> and then basically, and then so Rovell also replied. I'll debate him with Data and crush him. Um, so Darren Rovell challenges Dana White to debate after the UFC president called him a dipshit. <laughs> dipshit. For question Amanda Nunez's markability. I mean, listen, is I, they're both right. Is, is Amanda Nunez as markable as Ronda Rousey? No. She more markable than Cyborg? Probably. But the Ronda train was over. So the UFC has to go on to the next thing. And maybe Ronda is more markable than Amanda, but she beat Ronda. So there's... What, what what are they supposed to do? Just just curate Ronda's matchup so she always wins and never faces people like Man Nunez, Holly Holm. This it's a sport, dude. And even then, it could be an upset. It could happen at any time. It can happen. Any, yeah. So he, so he put with her record, Rousey, Tate, Yun Yun Check, and Van Zant would get more views. Sure, sure. So would Halle Berry if she could fight. What's your fucking point, dude? There's no. <laughs> We can't control who wins and loses. So the, the UFC has to put the money and the, the wagon behind the person who wins the fight. They can't control that. Dana's really great at taking shots at one in the morning. You might have the potty mouth this form applies, but I'll debate him in any form this topic with Dana and crush him. Name, time, and place. So you're going to crush him a debate that Ronda's more remarkable than Amanda? Sure. I don't think there's any debate there. I don't get what Leggy has to stand on as far as it, it it just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Amanda beat Cyborg and Ronda. So the UFC can only market the winner there. They they can't they can't decide and keep Ronda away from potential losses. It, it, it's a it's a sport, dude. It's not the WWE. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. Um so this is a, just a quick one. Connor saying when is his date with uh Charles Oliveira? And then he also put like a flag of Ireland and then Brazil versus Brazil. That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> he looks good though. That's he does look good. Oh, this is kind of cool. Holly Holm won or is announced as the uh, 2022 international. She's inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, for that's boxing. awesome. Yeah. This is a great picture of her. Yeah, definitely a great picture. And this is Khabib's organization that also fought, I believe, over the weekend. And these are some cool knockouts. It was it. Where was that? Russia? Yeah, I think. Dagestan? <laughs> The tannest Russian I've ever seen. So that guy's dropped an hour. And there's another one here too. Good for Khabib, man. So cool. Definitely. Oh, fuck. 
That boy. It's wild. Like a f- super violent. And then they're they're doing it in Tampa, aren't they? His next fight's in Tampa, and uh, Rashad's on there, yeah. Bigfoot. Tyrone. Tyrone. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Good for Khabib, man. And this is Kaposa. This is a uh, MMA fight in Brazil, and the guy knees him outside of the cage, and then the guy lands on concrete, basically. Oh, shit. I like how the rug on the mat's coming off. They keep like pulling it. <laughs> it, it looks very Hell yeah. janky. So I'll show you this right here. And does he get knocked out from that? Like Bernard Hopkins shit. Yeah, it's not good. It's like landed right there on the. It looks yeah, like pretty much like concrete. Definitely lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's it. And then here are the fights. Yeah, yeah. Jake Paul Woodley two this Saturday. We are doing a Calabas fight campaign with Bruce Buffer, Josh Thompson, Bradley Martin, and myself. That will start at 7 p.m. Pacific only on Thick Boy YouTube. The crew will be out, and it's gonna be a good time, man. I find this fight very fascinating. I find it more uh, fascinating than Jake Paul versus uh, Tommy Fury. I think that would have been a much easier fight for Jake Paul. I think um, what's interesting about this one is if you go back and watch that first fight, there were times when Woodley could have won that fight. By when I, you know, I'm sure some fans think Woodley won the fight anyways on the cards. I'm not going to debate that. I want to get into that, but I do think that. Woodley at times could have capitalized on uh, Jake Paul and won the fight. And now that Jake Paul goes, oh, you think there's a knockout clause in the in the contract? No, no, no. I'll pay him an extra $500,000 if he can knock me out. So I think Woodley, knowing this and knowing he's going to get an extra bonus if he can get him out of there, you know, I, I do think Woodley was pretty hesitant. I think that was due, and I've heard him say this. He talked to Submission Radio. Shout out to the boys at Submission Radio in Australia. He talked to them and he said, you know, watching the fight, there was times where I, I was reserved and I held back. And I think seeing what Jake Paul did to Ben Askren and Nate Robinson and, and those guys, you know, I had them in the back of my mind and I, it made him more hesitant. So I think now that he's been in there with this, you know, mystery fighter and Jake Paul, we know how good he is. You realize he's pretty fucking good, but there are some holes that you can capitalize on. I find this fight intriguing because I, I think Woodley has a really good chance to win if he fights to his full capabilities and he's not worried about what the internet's going to say the next day. I think Woodley can, uh, you know, could possibly come away with a win and you see a trilogy fight if that were to happen. So uh, for Woodley in his career, it'd be best case scenario if we get to the win. And he knows that, man. And I think he's going to be not so reserved. I think he's going to go for broke and. Uh, there's a good chance he gets Jake Paul out of there and gets an extra $500,000. So I think Jake Paul's going to get the best version of Woodley, and you're in for a hell of a fight. I really do. I think we're going to find out uh, even more so. You know, I know Jake pays attention to the internet, and they go, oh, we want to see him fight a real boxer in Tommy Fury. Okay. Woodley is a much, much tougher opponent than Tommy Fury. I, I, if As you're listening, you go, no, he's a real boxer. Look up the guys that he's fought. Look up the record of the guys that he's fought. That's an easy fight for Jake Paul. Jake Paul was just doing that to shut you guys up. But this is a much, much more difficult fight for Jake Paul. Hats off to Jake Paul for switching the fight on a short notice and bringing Woodley in. I, I, I definitely think it's going to be a more entertaining fight. And I think Woodley has a real good chance of winning this fight and us getting a, a rubber match 
third fight with Jake Paul, but it's a tough fight for Jake, man. And we're going to find, we're going to find out more about Jake Paul in this fight than we've ever found out in any of his previous fights. I think he gets put to the test here and, and Willie's going to be on reserve and he's going to go for broke. And we're going to find exactly how Jake Paul responds when he's knocked on his ass. I guarantee you Jake Paul gets knocked down. He gets an eight count. We're going to see how he bounces back. Not saying Jake Paul's not going to win, but I, I do think he gets dropped in this fight, and we, we see him answer some questions. We'll see if he's a real fighter. Mm. I would bet money that he is, and I think he, he responds well, but I do think he's going to have his hands full with Woodley this time. For Different sure. fight. Different fucking fight. And great on Jake Paul for continuing, not waiting to you know till Tommy's better. Yeah, it's awesome, and man. Just keeping the card on. And you watch it, Showtime pay-per-view, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, part two, man. Oh, yeah. And tune into the Thick Boy YouTube. Can only watch the crew Watch and react live to Jake Paul Woodley 2 at Thick Boy YouTube, man. The whole crew, Bruce Buffer, Bradley Martin, Josh Thompson, myself, will be there Saturday night, man. So looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. This fight's this weekend, too? Oh, yeah. Shit. Yep. Derek Lewis, Dukakis. Dukakis, um, and it's 4 p.m. Pacific. Early. Oh, shit. Great card. Yes. Sleeper. Holy fuck. So, yeah, Derek Lewis, uh, Dukakis. Uh, that that's gonna be an entertaining fight. Uh, Wonder Boy versus uh, Muhammad. God dang. Um, Angela Hill, Limos, Asan Sal, Ricky Simon, um, Cub Swanson, Darren Elkins. Old school. I'm with it, man. Yeah, I'm with it. Oh, and also Jordan Levitt. Remember the the sugar and the tank guy that does the splits. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's fine too. Hell yeah, yeah. sweet and low. Yeah. Jordan Levitt, sweet man. But yeah, tune in to uh, what's the odds on that fight, Jin? You had the odds right there for Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah, you had it up right there. Jake Paul minus two seventy five plus two hundred five Woodley. Not a terrible idea. To put some money on Woodley. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a different fight. He's been in there with the the mystery animal that is Jake Paul. You're gonna see a better version of Woodley. It's not gonna be an easy night for Jake Paul. I'm not saying he's not gonna win, but it's not gonna be as easy as the first time. And the first time wasn't that easy. Mm -mm. Definitely a much tougher fight than Tommy Fury. I promise you that. So tune in uh, to the Cobass Fight Companion. How dare you bring that up? Jim? No, there was this guy we talked about on the. They call him the Monster. The Monster. Yeah, he's fighting tomorrow. In oh, Japan. he is. And he look at his records. All almost, he's a minus, almost always KOs. He's a minus thirty three hundred. Yeah, almost all KOs and TKOs. He's Japanese. Japanese. Jesus Christ, just starching yeah. people. Naya Inui. That's cool. Yep. But yeah, the main one. Booyah. There you have it, man. So I will see you guys Saturday night, 7 p.m. We go live with the crews, Bruce Buffer, Bradley Martin, Josh Thompson, myself. Only available on Thick Boy YouTube. And uh, like I kicked this thing off, man. Uh, this isn't goodbye for Showtime. It's just I'll see you guys later. I'm going to do my thing. You guys do your thing. Uh, Brian Daly, I love you. Lewis, I love you guys. All the staff back in New York and uh, for working for Showtime. Espinoza. Uh, Nevins, all you guys, and the entire crew makes this thing possible. All the guys in here, Gary, the whole crew at Malcolm Santa Monica, thank you guys for putting up with me. Showtime, thank you for taking a risk on my dumb ass. <laughs> and uh, man, it's been a hell of a ride. I'm just getting started. We have some great stuff coming up in the new year. January 1, you'll only be able to watch me uh, and all my shows on Thick Boy YouTube. And uh, we got a lot of stuff, a lot of great, great stuff, a lot of great content, and uh, everything. Food truck, this show turns to the shop show. It's all on Thick Boy. Nothing stops. We're only adding. Uh, shout out to Showtime. I love you guys. 
congrats to Luke Thomas and uh, Morning Combat. You guys are doing the damn thing. I always told you, Luke, this was where you should be at, man. And I'm so proud of you. And I love you. You know that, dude. If you guys need anything, I'm a phone call, text away. You know, I'm here till January or December 31st. And then after that, you know, still be around, but just won't be on showtime. So a uh, few uh, housekeeping notes for you. Next week, next Wednesday, I'm at the Hollywood Improv. It's Brendan Schaub and friends at the Hollywood Improv. It's me and some really funny people. I'm sure you guys can assume who will be there. Uh, but that is in Los Angeles, California, Hollywood Improv, one show only, December 22nd, 8 p.m., one show in Hollywood at the Hollywood Improv. And then uh, back on tour starting December 30th through January 1st, I'm in Dania, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the Dania. It's a new um, club out there. I'm looking forward to that. That's December 30th through January 1st. So come celebrate the new year with your thick boy. It's going to be a great year. The whole squad, David Lucas, Backflip, Lacey is with me. Jay Schaub will be there. Little Kyle will be there with his camera. So uh, we're out there, Dania, Florida, December 30th through January 1st. And then Raleigh, North Carolina is January 6th through January 8th. That thing is almost sold out. I haven't been to, I've never done Rally before. So I imagine that's why tickets are selling fast. So Rally, North Carolina is January 6th through January 8th. And then I'm back in North Carolina two weeks later, Charlotte, North Carolina, January 20th through January 22nd. Get your tickets at FATKZ.com. We're also dropping new Thick Boy merch next week. Next Monday, I think, yeah, Monday, we drop. Uh, these the pictures aren't up yet because we were flying trying to get this done. But it is uh, these dope mechanic jackets for Thick Boy Car Club, these dope hoodies, and that drops next week. So you guys get in time for the holidays, all right? And that's available at thickboy.com. Yeah, so I'm closing on Showtime. Love you guys. Thank you for taking risk on me. And uh, I'll see you around. I'll see you around. Stay thick. Stay safe. I love you guys. I'm out.